Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams, and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust, and conscious behavior at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours, to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote work space. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. Today's guest is Cheryl Tai, my business partner, co-founder of the League of Extraordinary Women. We founded the organization in 2011 with two other business partners, Liz Volpe and Marie Cruz. And the four of us basically created this organization for female entrepreneurs because at the time we were going to a lot of events and we'd met each other, but we hadn't met a lot of other women and we were seeing men up on stage and men in the audience. And we wanted to know and meet and hear the stories of the women who had created super successful companies and done amazing things because we were just starting out and we were at the beginning of our journey. And we wanted to hear from people who were 10 years in um, that we could learn from. So we created what we needed and it's been one of the most epic journeys of my life. So I'm really grateful to have Cheryl join me today and for the two of us to go back and reflect on what that journey has been and how in particular her uh, leadership style has evolved over the years, as did mine, (laughs) as I think all of ours does as we do our inner work and we learn who we are more. Um, But yeah, it's a great conversation, so enjoy it. Shazzy, one of my best girls on the show. How are you? Hey, Sam. Good. Official name is Cheryl Ty, but I like to call her Shazzy. (laughs) Cheryl is my business partner in the League of Extraordinary Women, and it's so nice to have you here dialing in from Melbourne, Australia. How's all that right now? Oh, look, it's it's gone to a point where I'm just over-talking about it, but, you know, (laughs) doing what I can indoors. We can do, definitely leave it out for now, but sending you vibes. Um, I know you. you've been in lockdown for eight months now, so yeah. a lot of time to build a badass company or something like that maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's hear. I wanted to have you on the show to talk about the League of Extraordinary Women and our journey with that. Um, and the impetus for me thinking of, you know, having you as a guest, obviously, you're my business partner. Um, I'm currently non-operational in the League of Extraordinary Women, so I'm not currently um, attending board meetings or anything like that. But over, we launched in 2012. Is that right? 2011. Yeah. End of 2011. 11. Okay, yeah. Mm. So we're not. We're just celebrated nine our nine-year birthday. Um, but the League of Extraordinary Women for me was like a very profound moment in my entrepreneurial journey because. 
it really felt like when we launched, when we kind of came up with this idea or concept to create the League of Extraordinary Women, which is a community for female entrepreneurs. And when we had our first event and all that kind of stuff, it just had a life of its own. It felt Mm. always from the very beginning that it was so much bigger than us. And so, yeah, I'd love to just talk about that because that was the first moment in my entrepreneurial journey where I saw my business as having like its own consciousness, I suppose, its own reason for being that was actually separate to who I was. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, how we came together, I really feel as though the universe brought us together because Mm -hmm. all of us were seeking the same thing. We were looking for community. We were looking for a place to belong and we went out there seeking something, but it didn't really exist. Um, we went out to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I went out to so many different business networking groups and I just never felt like these were my people. And Mm -hmm. so I guess the moment I met you and then Liz and then eventually Marie, I felt like, wow, this is, this is something just exciting. And, you know, we would catch up for breakfast and, and, or, you know, cupcakes and coffee. And we talk about our journeys and it was weird because we were also interconnected in the sense that we were experiencing the same things, but we all had different businesses. So I had a hospital business, you had a finance um, company, Liz was in marketing um, and Marie was in a creative industry. And so it was just so uh, it was just amazing that we would come together and we'd walk away feeling like, wow, this is just something bigger than ourselves. Like um, we felt this sense of connection. We felt safe. We felt that we could uh, actually speak about all the, all the tough times in business because I had never felt that. I just felt like there's just something I was doing wrong. I wasn't, um, I wasn't a great leader or I didn't know how to run a business. Um, I was in my mid-20s and I didn't really have anyone to learn from. And so I thought I shouldn't be making all these mistakes and why is it so hard? Why is it so hard hiring staff, Um, you know, leading a team? But then after speaking to you guys, I I was just like, okay, this is, um, I'm I'm doing the right thing. Um, and, And I just felt really good about myself. Um, that's all I could put it down to. Gosh, we were such babies back then. (laughs) I'm so proud of us. We've done a lot in the last, (laughs) all of us have done a lot in the last nine or 10 years. It's really amazing. Um, And I think, you know, our our journey working together as co-founders has been really profound as well. We'll get to that in a minute because that's been really special for me. but I feel like you were the one that really came up with the idea. Like mm. you said, we were all meeting regularly and chatting and catching up and you really came up with the idea mm. to launch this this League of Extraordinary Women. I can't remember how we came up with the name now. Do yeah, you? I do. Uh, we were having coffee and cupcakes at um, my store at Melbourne Central and we sat down we thought, hey, let's, let's do something. Let's start our own group, you know, just have it for women only. Um, whoever comes, comes. But... Um, we wrote down a bunch of names and I feel like League of Extraordinary Women would have been the first three names that we came up with and we wrote down a huge list of names and I think we all just kind of like said, yeah, 
I don't know, we just chose that name. It was just, it was just so powerful. And I think the weird thing is that with that name, it's just, yeah, taken on a life of its own. I just remember just telling people about it and they'll just remember the name and I'll be like, oh yeah, I, can't, I think I've heard about it before. I've probably heard of League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen, but um but, you know, it was it was cool branding because people would remember and and that's how we're kind of spread, I guess. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I wish we had that list of yeah. names somewhere. That would be funny <laughs> to look back on what, what we may yeah. have been called. <laughs> but, yeah, it definitely felt like it was all very just synchronicities mm. and divinity and everything just yeah. kind of rolled. Yeah, everything just flowed and... We announced our first event at the Entourage Unconvention, I remember, and we thought we were trying to get 30 or 40 women and we sold 160 tickets Mm. in the three weeks. I can't remember exactly how many we sold at that event, but I think we already sold more than the 30 or 40 Mm. that we wanted. And then over the next couple of weeks, the event was three weeks out from that day and in the next three weeks we sold 160 tickets and had to move the venue and we were like, (laughs) whoa. And I remember at that time sitting on we had like just a Facebook yeah. page that we'd thrown up that had Shira, a photo yeah. of Shira. <laughs> and uh, I remember looking on Facebook I would sit there and just refresh the page it would be like another hundred likes another hundred likes I was like whoa what is yeah. going on here and we were getting people from we were in Melbourne at the time we were getting people from Brisbane and Queensland and New Zealand and other parts of the world just saying, oh, this is great. When are you coming here? <laughs> we were like, oh gosh, I don't know. When are we going there? <laughs> it was it was pretty wild how the demand just, like we really just tapped something that was so needed mm. at that time. And I don't think there were many around during that time and I, and we, we needed it ourselves. And so that's why we created it. And, you know, and it yeah. just seemed to be that other people needed this exact same thing. Yeah. And fast forward nine years later and we have a 200,000 strong community. We've had events in every major city in Australia. Like over 400 events. I can't believe it. And crazy. Plus New York, Mm. Denver, uh, San Francisco. We had one in England. It's definitely an adventure. Um, One in South Africa, I think. Yeah. (laughs) It's been an adventure. That's for sure. Um, I've loved being your business partner on this journey and I've loved the dynamic um, between the four of us with Liz and Marie as well and how over the years, like we've really just naturally flowed with how we could contribute at the time or how we couldn't depending on what was going on in our lives and we've even done things like changed our levels of equity or changed how we were or weren't. We've never really been paid a lot of money from the business more than anything we've you know supported the business to be what it can be um it is more of a, it has sort of been more than more of a community organization i suppose in many ways um but we've altered all of those things along the way um based on how much input we've been able to give and i've just found that whole process to be it's been so fluid yeah. and so beautiful and there's never been any like tension mm-hmm. or um, I don't think we've ever, like we debate things for sure in our board meetings and mm. stuff, but we've never like ended up fully disagreeing on anything no. or it's really been quite an amazing job. And I think, um, I mean, we all have our own strengths and then we know our weaknesses as well. And so we come to the table and we 
listen to each other. We um, listen to our community more than anything. And I feel like it just works, um, you know, and, and I think the league has always been something that we do much more than just ever money. It was, it was more than that. It was always about what kind of difference can we make in this world? And whilst we're all busy running our, you know, <laughs> many other businesses um, full time, the league has been something that we do in our spare time really. And it's been amazing just to have, you know, all three of you there with me as well when sometimes I just don't even know what I'm doing because we're constantly pivoting and moving with what our community wants um, because it does, it continues to change. Yeah, it's a very different world for female entrepreneurs now than it was Mm. nine years ago, much thanks to us, I think. The work that we have done, I have directly seen the increase in female participation in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, especially in Australia, but even in other parts of the world. And I know that's been a part of the events we've run, the partnerships Mm. we've formed, um, we've advised government, we've worked with the G20YEA. There's been a lot of things over the years that we've contributed to or this organisation that was born has contributed to that I think has been Mm. So fantastic. So as you say, we've pivoted all along the way. Um, how would So you're currently the CEO of the league and you mm-hmm. are running it more full-time more recently. Yeah. Um, how would you reflect on your journey as a leader and individual? I know you as personally, of course, and I know you've done a lot of your own inner work. Mm-hmm. You've been on your own journey. Like how yeah. has that come into your business and your leadership and how do you intuit those pivots and those shifts with the league and with your team and all of that? Yeah, I mean, my type of leadership now is so different to what it was 10 years ago. Um, I'm a, I, I honestly feel like a different person. I mean, coming into business and starting a business, I knew nothing really. Um, started when I was 24 out in my home, started a cupcake business, um, which grew really rapidly. So, just from one person doing everything, baking cupcakes at home to then building, um, you know, a cupcake business that had five stores and uh, eventually I think we had 80 staff. That was really tough. The first year was a huge learning curve. Obviously, I've never really managed anyone before. Didn't really know how to create a team. But the first five years of business was just a big struggle for me because I was such a control freak. I never really allowed people to develop and um, felt like I look back now and I knew that I was highly critical. I would walk into one of the stores daily and I would just see everything that was wrong, you know, and I would constantly criticize. I didn't really understand the concept of, you know, praising staff and, and, um, building your team up. I mean, obviously it wasn't as horrible as I sound now, like I'm making it sound, but I could feel myself be extremely judgmental. And, um, and I, I just thought, oh, well, I'm putting the business first. I'm putting our customers first. But I often felt as though um, my team weren't, didn't have my back. I would hear comments saying, you know, or as soon as I walk in, I could feel the energy shift that people were scared of me. And I thought that was what a boss should be like. Um, You should scare your staff into doing work, which, you know, over time I've I've really learned that that's not, that's not the way. Um, 
and I, I really went through a spiritual awakening in that sense that I woke up one day, I'm like, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be constantly the bad cop. <laughs> I don't want to be this person that people don't um, enjoy being around. And I kind of went inward and did a lot of inner work. Um, I had coaches, psychologists, um, and, yeah, it was just a huge journey of, of learning about who I am and how I can improve and how I can be a better leader. And it's, um, yeah, today I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different. I'm definitely not a micromanager. I want to work with intuition, allow my team to kind of come up with the creative ideas and, and support them allow them to make mistakes because I feel as though now mistakes is where you learn the most. So I give them a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting what you mentioned about like how you would walk in and feel that they didn't really like you or they didn't really, or they were scared of you or just that negative energy. And it's interesting because I went through a similar journey and I reflect that like, I didn't really like them, (laughs) you know, and, and I don't say that uh, personally I did, but I would come in with that energy as well. And I realized like I was just looking in the mirror and until I started loving and respecting my team, I wasn't going to have a team that I loved and respected or that loved and respected me because I think the energy we bring is just reflected right back at us. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it it was the same with me because I was constantly so hard on myself. You know, I would beat myself up whenever I made a mistake. I would be my worst enemy. And it really started my upbringing. You know, I have an Asian um, background. And so my parents, the way they kind of raised me is that I had to be the best. I had to do the best in school. And if I did make a mistake, it wasn't really accepted. Um, and, and so I had to do, and I was, I was criticized a lot for most of my childhood all the time. And I think that is the Asian kind of upbringing where it's tough love. And so the only way I felt like I could receive love was through, um, you know, doing good and doing well and not making mistakes and not failing. But <laughs> everyone knows like when you're in business, you fail all the time. You fail every day. So it was a huge, yeah, slap in the face when I realized, wow, you know, actually I'm not doing anything wrong. Um, yeah, I'm making mistakes, but this is actually a part of running a business. This is a part of achieving success. And it never goes away. I mean, 10 years Mm. later, it's like I spent all of this morning like going through cash flow forecasting and figuring things out that I'd I'd missed, you know, and (laughs) reflecting on like, why did I miss that? And where did I go? Well, not wrong, but where did I kind of, how did I miss Mm. that? And how do I learn from it? How do I move forward? It's just like constant. (laughs) It is. And it's like, you know, sometimes when we learn something new or learn some sort of new system or process, you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to change the game. This is going to, yeah, I've figured it out. (laughs) Clock the game of running a business and then, you know, it'll work for a little bit and then you're just back at square one again. You've got to keep going. Just get bitch slapped again. (laughs) Something else happens and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know. I sort of know what I'm doing. Well, I think the other thing is you're constantly, um, at a growth edge, like Mm. your business is different every day than it was before. You're Mm -hmm. either growing and expanding. So you're dealing with 
different problems with that. Or like even when things are retracting and going in the opposite direction, it's yeah. different than it was before and you're dealing with that. And mm. there's so much, um, you know, at this point I feel like I have experienced a lot of things. And so there are some things that happen now that I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. Like I've been here before and I know how to deal mm. with that or whatever, but there's always new things that I'm experiencing always, mm. um, curve balls I'm being thrown. And it's just, I think what the skills that you're developing is like resilience and problem solving and the ability to stay, focused on the vision and stay positive through kind of have your compass and your guiding star through that stormy ocean. That's just always going to exist to some degree or another. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best things that you've taught me about leadership as well is, is the ability to be vulnerable. And I felt that the first time I did that, it was so scary because, you know, being a leader, I always thought, okay, I need to hide um, away and not let my staff see my vulnerable side because they want a strong leader. They want to know that everything's okay, that the captain that's steering the ship has got it all under control. And often it, I, I didn't. Like often I was, you know, experienced something that, experiencing something that I didn't know how to navigate and needed help with. And I often kept it to myself. But I think after I saw you kind of open up to your team and and saw the change within you as well, I, I felt like, wow, you know, that's so incredibly brave and courageous because I would never have thought I could do it. Like I never could have thought I could share the problems I was going through or even personal issues as well. Like I had a very tumultuous kind of um relationship with my ex who was also my business partner um and it was just it was tough because I had to keep it all in and I wasn't able to express it to anyone but I think after yeah after you kind of showed vulnerability to your team and I saw the transformation in you I decided actually I'm just going to open up a little bit more and that kind of allowed me to get the support that I needed. Mm, it's amazing how much we can get on that path of just isolation as an entrepreneur, isolation mm. within, um, even though there might be people around and we're running our teams and we're interacting, we can get very isolated if we're not able to open up and, and get the support we need because, you know, especially early on, I mean, we didn't have a lot of other entrepreneur friends, hence why we connected so much, but you don't necessarily have other friends that are in business that know what you're going through. And then if you're not opening up to your team or anybody else, and you're holding that leadership position thinking, I've got to be strong, I've got to be everything. And you just end up feeling so alone and so alone mm. in the challenge and the struggle. And I mean, I recently recorded with Theodora, my marketing manager, and it's interesting that you brought this up because she reflected in our podcast that the moment I opened up about something and I can't remember what it was now, but, and I, she said I was crying in the team meeting, which is not unusual for me now, mm -hmm. but, um, she actually reflected back that that was, she saw more strength in someone that she wanted to follow in that moment, which is mm -hmm. not what I felt in that moment or in those first moments of vulnerability. And honestly, still when I'm vulnerable with my team, obviously now I have the evidence that you know, it actually opens up a lot more space and this is what people want, but it's still scary. You know, it's still, 
to let down those walls and show that you don't have it all together in whatever particular area. Mm. Um, I mean, my feelings were my, you know, why I never wanted to do it or had such resistance to to sharing and being um, completely vulnerable and honest is that, you know, that uh, the idea of rejection and also feeling as though that um, I've let them down as a leader, that, you know, I'm not that person they thought I was or, you know, and and feeling feeling that way. And so, but actually when I started to open up to my team and, and my closest like right hand and it was actually a really beautiful thing because I started learning so much about myself and I realised that people are people, you know. We can't just expect people to come into work and leave all of their human emotions and everything at home and and um, we need to be there to inspire them. We need to be there to support them and listen to them everyone's going to have issues that they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just opened a whole new world to um, learning how to be a great leader because it's so intuitive. It's not just, um, you know, coaching them on how to do their job well. That's only one small part of it. It's about how to work as a team, how do you get the most creative ideas out of them, you know, and they're the ones on the ground doing all the work every day as well. You know, you can only give them the inspiration and dream. Totally. And I've discovered that, you know, most of the time when someone's not performing as we would have traditionally used Mm. the word, it's nothing to do with like their ability to perform. Mm. It's to do with maybe a limiting belief or maybe something Mm. really difficult that they're going through in their personal life or could be doubts and fears or it could be overwhelm and if there's not a space for them to be open and vulnerable with what that actually is and even they don't necessarily we don't always mm. know it for ourselves mm. you know sometimes we need a conversation with someone we trust to dig yeah. in for ourselves mm. about why we're not able to you know do something, lean into something or whatever it might be. And I mean, I've Mm. discovered over time that most of the time it's to do with, and sometimes we're out of alignment and that it's just like the person's no longer passionate about it or whatever. And then that's also, once again, how can we have just an open, Mm. vulnerable conversation about that so we can transition more fluidly. But a lot of the time when alignment is there, but for some reason, someone's just not able to get the traction they want to in their area. It's just self-doubt, limiting belief, Mm. they have all of the same things that we have as leaders. And when we can show to them that we have them, even though we're the ones Mm. flying the flag and steering the ship, that we also have doubts and fears and we can share that, it just opens up that space. And that's how you actually really get to this stuff and move it, I've discovered. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like people just want to feel heard. And when you understand who they are, um, then it unlocks their potential because you're the you're the you know you're you're that person that tells them hey I believe in you I know you can do a good job um you know you've got this and so when they know that you know who they are and you still believe in them and you're not rejecting them and you're not um 
criticizing them, then this whole new world opens up for them. They start building their inner self-confidence. They start doing things that you never could have done yourself. Um, They'll come up with most creative ideas or they'll come up with solutions that only they can come up with because they're the ones working with your customers. I mean, we're not customer facing all the time. You know, we can do our best, but it's our team that is doing the work. And so if we want the best out of them, we need to, we need to believe in them. We need to know, tell them that, Hey, I know that you, um, suffer from anxiety from time to time, or I know that you're going through a tough time now, but Hey, we're a team. Let's work together. Let's do this. I know you can do this. And it's like a coach, you know, on a team, on a sporting team. Like when you hear someone just believe in you hundred percent and allow you to make mistakes and, and do what it is that you need to do um, without any kind of, you know, harsh criticism and all that, then they're able to flourish. You know, they're able to take their game to the next level. And I think, you know, being a leader, it's all about that. It's like the best feeling in the world when when your staff are just like surpassing what you could ever dream of. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. It's amazing. And I've watched you with some of the incredible women that have worked with you at the league over the last couple of years and Mm. watched how you've nurtured them and what they've gone on to do has been really incredible as well. Um, Maeva in Mm. particular, she's just raised, I think, $2 million and launched, Mm. yeah, launched her brand Bread in the US with Sephora. Like she's really just done so fantastic. And Caitlin, mm. I'm not sure what Caitlin's doing now, but she was absolutely She's working at Accelerator. She's... Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Program. And then, you know, we've also got Joyce and Joyce, um, you know, just started, but she's just doing an amazing job. Like, you know, she's running our IG lives. She just um, did an incredible IG live with Liz Cambridge. And, uh, you know, usually that would be so daunting to her, but she just, you know, executed it with such grace and, and confidence and you know it's just so awesome to see that like you know just being able to give that those opportunities to someone to develop themselves is just really really awesome it's a testament to your leadership it's amazing I'm curious actually thinking about um Joyce and what you the work that you've been doing together over the last six months or so and Really, I think I witnessed you both be very moved by what happened in the United States around Black mm. Lives Matters, and um, I think it's it's interesting because over the years with the league, we've sort of uh, oscillated often between like, are we advocates? Are we, um, mm. you know, how do we use our voice? I suppose, and and sometimes we've opted to, and other times we've opted to kind of really yeah. just support women in entrepreneurship and really focus on the entrepreneurship piece more than anything else. But Mm. I remember at one stage we screened um, Misrepresentation, which is a film about the over-sexualization of women in the media. And there was, you know, a little bit of a stand we took there and Mm. we did some advising to the G20 YEA about recommending that they bring each delegation, bring 50% women. So we've sort of gone in and out of it, but I'd love to hear your experience this year and um, how you've kind of moved into that space of wanting to be a voice of diversity. Yeah, well. A voice for diversity, I should say. Yeah, I mean, with the league, we've really just, 
I think the main thing we started off with was that we wanted to stay positive. So in a world where, yes, we were attracting female entrepreneurs, we didn't want to feel as though we were fighting against something. What we were really trying to do was create a community of, um, you know, just being extremely inclusive and um, having a positive message rather than, hey, we're fighting against, you know, all of that sort of stuff, but we're actually here to bring women together. Um, and then over the years, we've um, expanded on that. And it wasn't just entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs because we started off as young female entrepreneurs and then we, we slowly got into our 30s and we're like, okay, we're not young anymore. Um, so we're just going to open up to female entrepreneurs. Um, but then in the last few years, I've, I think I've gone on a journey of going, well, actually entrepreneurship is not that the only way and the only answer. The thing is everyone is extraordinary in their own way. So whether they want to be an amazing basketball player or um, doing something incredible in the community, um, saving the environment, they don't need to be an entrepreneur to, to be part of the league. And I guess, yeah, this year has been, it's been, yeah, a tough year, right? It has been largely challenging for everyone and so I think when Black Lives Matters um, just came around, we we just knew that as we just knew that we were called to do something about it, to bring more diversity into the league and be. I mean, it wasn't that we weren't before; we were still very, um, we were very moved by that. And and me being a woman of color, um, I knew yeah. I was going to say, I think. Um We've always been a diverse organization. Mm. I think we just were giving a voice to it. It was almost yeah. like, oh yeah, like this is us as well. Mm. You know, we have people of different mm. backgrounds that have are in our founding team and mm. and have worked with us and within our membership base. Yeah. We, I mean, Melbourne is a very multicultural city, mm. which is where um, we both grew up, and mm. multicultural nature of our friendship groups and um, our business circles is kind of evident of that, of where we started. Mm. But I think it was giving voice to it is voice. what I saw Absolutely. from you and from Joyce. Mm. Yeah, so we've been working on that and, and there's something that we talk about, if not weekly, every every couple of weeks to, to kind of, and, and it's hard work. We honestly take hours and hours just scouring through the internet <laughs> and Instagram, finding women that don't have a voice because that's what the league was always about, right? We always found women that didn't have the platform to, to tell their stories. But also there's a lot of, um, I guess, apprehension from women wanting to tell their story as well. So they might be introverts or they may have never been on stage speaking before. Um, the amount of times that we've had to, you know, email and call these women to to speak at our conferences has been, yeah, I mean, sometimes we have to do it about five or six times until they say yes. And when they do get up on stage, they're incredible. Like no mm-hmm. one's heard their story before. And that's really how the league started. So that's what we're doing now in terms of, you know, being extremely inclusive and giving everyone a voice and finding these hidden gems. Um, to tell their story because we've got the platform, we've got an amazing community and so many people that are engaged with it. So I'm like, why not? Why not be that that light? Mm, yeah, oh, I think it's so beautiful and I think it is really 
amazing. I think back to every conference and every speaker I've ever heard, and it is mind blowing that they hadn't yet shared their story because mm-hmm. these are women of, you know, running the most successful businesses, well-known brands, and they get up there and just blow your mind. Mm. And you're like, how are you not like <laughs> everywhere <laughs> telling this story? But there really yeah. wasn't a platform before. And no. there's more of a platform now, thanks partly to us and to the world evolving. Um, but yeah, what an amazing journey. You just, you just made, gave me flashbacks of all these amazing women and, And I think something really special and beautiful about our platform has also been the ability for women to get up and tell their story from a really raw, vulnerable, authentic Mm -hmm. place. Like you don't need to be this amazing polished keynote speaker, like come up Mm -hmm. and, you know, sit on stage and we'll interview you if it's more comfortable or bring your speech on a piece of paper or note cards if you if you want to, it's okay. Have a presentation or not. And I mean, some women are super polished and totally amazing. Mm -hmm. And other women are totally amazing in different ways, just getting up there. And the point is we want to hear the story Mm. because you are incredible. You've done these amazing things, built this amazing company. We just want to hear the story and it doesn't have to be perfectly told, you know, Mm. it's been, it's been an amazing journey. And I think that, you know, everyone out there, if you've got a community or you want to build something there's just so many ways that you can do that nowadays and um, bringing people together. I think now more than ever, we need that bringing your group of people together and just tell a story, just get someone to tell a story. It's like the best thing you could do. You like, you just connect on a whole different level. You learn so much. Um, And I don't know, it just creates magic. I think telling stories is, is the key, key to everything. Mm, beautiful well thank you so much for coming on the show um it's been so awesome to talk with you my love and to reflect back on that journey we've had together it's been incredible and I'm loving watching what you're doing with the league right now with all the IG lives and Mm -hmm. I definitely feel that this year has brought us to a more globally connected place Mm. um we're I feel like I'm noticing a lot of my girlfriends here in the US connecting with the league and mm-hmm. noticing speakers and things we're able to bring in, which has actually been a real gift of this time as well. We've yeah. always been somewhat globally connected, but um, using all the tools and platforms and the ability to connect over the internet now that we're all doing <laughs> more all day, every day. Um, but it's been really cool to watch that expand as well. It's well done. Thanks, Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll put all of your contact details and everything in the show notes. But is there anything you want to update anyone on on the league before we sign off or anything coming up? Um, Not really. Come follow us on Instagram. We're doing more lives and, yeah, just opening a whole new conversation really. Yep, and we've got our online membership um, with our little network that we've set up, our own community there as well that you can join. So amazing. Thanks so much, Shez. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Conscious Culture, the Evolution of Work. Follow us as we further explore real stories of remote companies and the thriving cultures they are creating. To stay updated with all our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. In the show notes of each episode, you'll find some of our favorite remote work and culture resources. However, if you want to have a chat about remote work, how it's done and how it can benefit your company, 
feel free to reach out to me directly anytime. My email address is sarah at growmyteam.com.au. Thanks for tuning in today. And if you haven't already, jump on over to growmotely.com, the world's first platform for remote work and sign up, pre-register. We will be launching very soon. So be one of the first to get access.